Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. We are back this week running with a skeleton crew. Is it Lady and the Tramp today? Which one's Lady? Which one's Tramp? I don't know, but get your spaghetti. Yeah, you'll have an hour to to decide. Is it so? Is that a contractual obligation of the Lady and the Tramp reference? Is that we now have to share a plate of spaghetti? Because that's going to be a problem for me. Yeah, no, I was just thinking. You know, we could think about spaghetti. Not sharing it even, like, just think about a plate of spaghetti out there, maybe some meatballs, some nice pasta sauce, whatever your, you know, whatever your pasta sauce of choice is. I don't know if I've ever actually sat through Lady and the Tramp. Not know? only have I sat through Lady and the Tramp as an animated movie, but I also sat through the live action version of it. Not a bad okay. movie. Big fan. I, I like you dogs. Know, we, we've derailed our intro here, but I don't care. You, you, okay, so I remember... You just reminded me that that happened, and you're saying it was all right. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't great, but it was definitely all right. Did they talk? I, I really like. I don't know that in the animated one they don't talk. They're just dogs, right? No, do I, they talk. I think they talk in all of them. Oh, they talk. Okay, across the board, they're talking. Because mm-hmm. in the spaghetti scene, they're not talking. So I just assume it's just kind of like one of those like silent films where like <laughs> you you pick up on what they're feeling just through like you know gestures and whatever else. So you've only, basically, the only thing you know about this movie is the spaghetti, and you've assumed that from that, like, because it was an Italian, so you assumed it was, like, a very European-type silent film deal. A a little bit. I mean, look, is the spaghetti scene not the most important part of that movie? Fair. Fair. Did they redo the spaghetti, spoiler alert, everybody, did they redo the spaghetti scene for the live action? Because that had to be a challenge. I don't remember how they pulled it off, though. How would you get actual live dogs to like work their way up a spaghetti strand and smooch that's a give them the oscar they pulled that off without any cgi but that probably had cgi all over it i honestly don't remember and i don't remember there being a lot of cgi because i know one of the things that i was impressed with was that it was mostly not cgi and even like they didn't i don't remember them even moving the dog mouths like i think they just like i was gonna ask that too i'm pretty sure and now i might be totally steering everybody incorrectly because i watched it so long ago like when disney plus first launched because wasn't it like a launch title or close to launch yeah something like that and so i don't remember but i want to say that they just like superimposed dog voice but they didn't actually like make their mouths move because that's something that's like a little unsettling when they have like real action dogs and animals and then they make their mouths move to match i don't like that not a fan I don't know what's worse, actually, because like, like, I'm a little unsettled by hearing dogs' thoughts. But like, what did Homeward Bound do? Where I mean, you Homeward don't Bound. I do actually. Homeward Bound okay. is one of my all-time favorite movies, and they just superimposed. Okay, so the mouths were moving. Or no, no, so they weren't moving. Yeah, okay. the mouths were not moving. They just superimposed the voiceover, and that was pretty much it. Actually, kudos to those animals because they pulled it off. They were extremely expressive animals in Homeward Bound. Yeah, National Treasures, each one of them. I, I watched Homeward Bound. It was a long time ago. I, wa- I mean, granted, Beethoven was kind of different, but like... Beethoven was when, good, like, too. Beethoven had, like, like, many sequels. Yeah. And there was, like, this whole, like, genre at that time, like, late 90s, early 2000s. Maybe it was mid-90s. I don't remember exactly when it was. But, like, remember they made that Cats versus Dogs movie where they... Oh, the cats yeah. and the dogs were both spies. There was, like, this... And maybe it's still going on, and I'm just... It's not geared to me because I'm an adult person now, but, like... There were, when I was a kid, there were all these movies that were like, I mean, look, look at Airbud. There were just like, it was like, what if a dog did this thing? And like, maybe it talked. 
so like, that's a, that's a movie right there as a full-grown adult who still loves animal movies they don't really have a lot of them the last one was the what is it the great ivan whatever the last disney plus movie and it had walter white i can't remember his real name ryan cranston yes thank you <laughs> yeah <laughs> it had walter white making math with a bunch of animals no um it but it was about it was actually based on a true story obviously not like the animals talking part but like the general overarching story was based on a true story but the one and only ivan that's what it was called they did there not- was some animal stuff there i watched it I, it was not probably for my audience group but i watched it so no they're not making a lot of those movies because i would know and i would watch well- it and they did like Call of the Wild too, which like oh, we, we yeah. talked we That's talked about true. that in an interview. Like, mm-hmm. but they're not. It's not. They're they're not like zany. You know, like the like the it was zany back in the day. They weren't. They didn't take themselves so seriously. It was like, what if a dog played basketball? We don't care. Right. They were like, like feel good family movie type things. They're not making those anymore. Because like even right. Beethoven was Airbud before Airbud. Was Beethoven first? I, I actually don't know. I want to say Beethoven was first. Because even like my older sister and brother, they watched Beethoven, but Airbud was more just me. So I want to say Beethoven came first and there was like lots of Beethovens because then cleverly, I don't know what studio even made Beethoven, but cleverly enough, they named all of the sequels based on like... Yeah, Beethoven's third. Yeah. Beethoven, that's, that's pretty good stuff. Man, you're kidding me. Airbud, okay. The original Airbud came out in 1997. Do you know when Beethoven came out? 1992. Uh, it was okay. so much earlier. I did not know that. I, I learned something today, guys. Boy, wouldn't it be great if we just did a podcast that's a whole hour just talking about <laughs> animal movies from the 90s? Secret segment. Here we come. We're not going to do that, guys. Uh, <laughs> we're we're, we're going to talk about things. Uh, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl, of course, which, you know, speaking of dogs, the puppy bowl happened. I did not watch the puppy bowl, but it was a thing. The puppy is also like... Jimmy Fallon gets puppies to predict the winner of the actual Super Bowl. Puppies are very involved in the Super Bowl these days, but we're going to talk about the actual humans against humans Super Bowl and its various trappings, including a couple of trailers that we saw during the Super Bowl. We're also going to talk about Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, the remake. Bad news for people who are fans of that because some news rolled down the pipe would be either today or, I don't know, yesterday. Sometime recently where we're going to talk to you about it. And then we're going to talk about EA's big acquisition in the mobile games market. But let's start with the Super Bowl because there's a lot to unpack here. I'm just going to, right off the top, I did not finish the Super Bowl. I did not finish watching it. This is the first time in at least 10 years, probably much longer than that, that I turned it off in the fourth quarter. I think like 13 minutes up in the fourth quarter, I was like, I've seen enough and I switched it off. Yo, good for um, you. I really wish I would have done that. So- oh, I'm better for it. Yeah. I am not a fan of Tom Brady, and I feel like everybody who listens to this podcast knows. I just he, maybe he's a great guy off the field. I don't he's know. Not a great guy. I don't. I feel like he's not. The, I refuse to believe that. <laughs> some of the like medical stuff he sells and diet stuff feels a lot like he's kind of a snake oil salesman, and some of his character things and like temp- temper tantrums on field. Not a huge fan of. Will not say that he is not a talented player because he very clearly is. But, like, I didn't need to watch him win again. I really didn't. And it wasn't even like Kansas City put up a fight. It was just a super boring game watching Tom Brady dominate. Like, even watching Patrick Mahomes felt like it was maybe five minutes of the entire game that he was on the field. Yeah. It was was the Tom Brady show. Look, there was no, to me, I I was rooting for the Chiefs. Okay, because I hate Tom Brady. But even, like, I was rooting for the Chiefs, but, like, not that hard. So that was, like, it was kind of the thing of, like, 
I was kind of in the camp of who cares from the from the word go, and then the game wasn't close or exciting, and I was like, I'm out. I just there's not there's nothing for me here. And even like the commercials, I don't know. I didn't. Maybe okay, it took I actually me. liked the commercials this year. I felt like a dad watching these commercials because I was I was cracking up. See, I was laughing uproariously. They were too far and few between, though, in my opinion. Like there were some good ones here and there, but also I had to wait too long to get to the good ones, and then I just stopped paying attention. And yeah, I will say that that's one thing we should talk about because I did not realize how conditioned I am as a human being that whenever I see a commercial, boom, where's my phone? I'm on my phone. I'm not. I'm like actively avoiding the commercials. And in the Super Bowl, that's. I don't want to say it's a faux pas, but it's like you should watch the commercials because things are going to happen. And I had to like work my way out of like, okay, commercials on, go to my phone. Oh, shoot. I dismissed the, you know, flat Matthew McConaughey commercial. I got to go watch that. I did not miss the flat Matthew McConaughey. That was just an example. Loved the flat Matthew McConaughey commercial. Shout out to Doritos. Good stuff. But that was that was a, a hill I had to get over. My favorite commercial. It's a tough one. I liked Drake Drake from State Farm a lot. Just that because was actually I know really were, good. I liked that. They were holding on to that one for a long time and they got Paul Rudd to be involved, which Paul Rudd being involved in anything makes it better. However, my favorite is was probably the Will Ferrell one where he went to Sweden when he was actually trying to go to Norway with the, with the electric cars. Oh, was that the General Motors one? Yeah, General Motors. And he, there was like a bunch of comedians like him and Aquafina, like Keenan Thompson, like a bunch of famous people. I was big into that one. Weirdest commercial by far. Weirdest and most not good to me. The John Cena Mountain Dew count how many bottles are in this commercial commercial. I get what they were trying to do, but the commercial itself was like a, a mushroom induced fever dream <laughs> from my nightmares kind of thing that it turned me off. Runner up the Oatly Milk commercial. Did yeah. you see the Oatly Milk commercial? Yeah. I didn't understand what was going on with that. Cause like, I don't, I don't, I still don't really understand what they do. And I feel like he was singing about it, but I was just so, I don't know. The singing was just a little strange and i don't know what was happening and so i like i don't know i was one of those things where you're not really processing what they're actually saying you're just like what is this the entire time well speak so speaking of singing one of the last ones i saw before i tuned out was the ashton kutcher mila kunis cheetos shaggy commercial i know what you're gonna say but i just want to say i thought it was clever with minus the singing yeah i was fine with the commercial like the, the premise of the commercial ashton kutcher they should have dubbed him or something, man. What happened? How how can you be Ashton Kutcher and be that? F- I, I would think when you reach a certain level of fame as an actor or actress, at some point, you're going to have to sing and you're going to have to like get better at singing because like he was bad. I'm just like, sorry, Ashton. I'm not a huge fan of yours. I mean, I don't feel bad, but like it wasn't good. That's that's my opinion. See, I'm trying to remember what the movie A Lot Like Love. He actually sang in A Lot Like Love, which you know how he had that run of rom-coms back in like... Oh, yeah. It was the 90s and early 2000s. And I actually, I really liked A Lot Like Love. And there's a scene in there where he sings. And he sings pretty poorly in that too. So I feel like he just needed to be a little bit more energetic. And it could have played off as like campy bad singing. But like you could tell he was trying to sing seriously. And he it was, was br- like, yeah, ooh. He was bringing it. It was, that, that one was okay. That was a middle of the road commercial. I just like, like the Oatly commercial, to go back to that for a second. Every time I see a commercial like that, I'm like, oh my God, you spent however much money and that was what you came up with. Like, really, that's the one. I mean, I, we're talking about it. So I guess like the fact that we're talking about about it probably means it's a good commercial, but we're talking about it for the wrong reasons, <laughs> which is I mean, you just asked, what do they even do? 
I mean, I assume they do oat milk, and that's why they're called Oatly. But, like, it was just, it was bizarre. I like, actually, speaking of bizarre, well, okay, go ahead. I really liked the Alexa commercial, and, like, not because of Michael B. Jordan, although also because of that, but I just thought that was pretty clever. I missed this one. What? When, when was this? Was this oh, late? They played it, it like, several, it was, I think they premiered it late, but they also, it's been, like, all over the place. I think they posted on, like, Instagram and Twitter, and it was trending because everyone was talking about how steamy it was. And Are I you just thirsty was, for Michael B. Jordan? Is that the I mean, I think, here? I think everybody is. But that's I, I not am. the point. Um, I, I thought it was just very cleverly done. I really liked it. And it was really, they pulled it off in a way where it was also really funny. So you should actually go back and watch that because I, I like that one. Then they overkilled it though because they played it like back to back right at the end of the game. And it was like, oh, well, I just saw this. Well, they played like, and this is another com- commercial related thing is like, okay, if you're the NFL and you're hosting the Super Bowl and I'm watching the Super Bowl, you've, you've already won. You know what I don't need? A commercial for the NFL. What is that about? They've been doing that. Like they did that with the with the hundred anniversary. They did all, got all the players together. And this year they did the like the like creepy uncanny valley Vince Lombardi. Oh, that was terrible. And they did it like a hundred times. And it was like part of the pregame ceremony. And then they were like, "We're going to play this as a commercial a hundred more times." And I was like, "Okay, I get that you want me to like football, but I'm already here, so I probably." kind of already like football and even if i didn't like football if i was just a casual viewer this commercial is not going to convince me to like football because it was just like very over dramatic while also featuring the most uncanny valley uncanny valley of all well what i don't understand so you're gonna spend that much money on a commercial and first of all i'm in the camp where like unless you're absolutely in a sticky wicket kind of like they were in star wars you just don't touch that entire realm of cgi and hologram stuff with a 10-foot pole i just think it's i'm in the camp that it's super tacky and you should just not do it but you're a live actor and people will understand what you're doing right like right but also like we have so much or just like use footage you know old footage why do we need a weird cgi reenactment and even if you wanted to go the cgi route i feel like there are better ways to make it look more realistic than whatever that monstrosity was because it it looked like something out of like a video game and wow. video game graphics is great are great but like it just it didn't look good i was laughing because part of the ad is like a kid drops a football and vince lombardi nightmare vince lombardi like picks it up and hands it to the kid and the kid looks up at him with this face of like oh my god is this what sleep paralysis is like? <laughs> and it's like <laughs> it just made me laugh because like yeah i'd be scared too kid like He's a spooky looking, looking digitally altered man. You could just get like, I don't know, get get any number of actors. Yeah, it wouldn't be hard. I'm sure there's someone out there right now who is is looking for a job who looks exactly like Vince Lombardi does. But speaking of bizarre, we should talk about this halftime show. And I want to clarify, I'm not a weekend fan. I don't really know the weekend. I I know the one song that he has, I mean, he has more than one song, but like his really popular one that I'm not going to sing right now, but everyone knows it please do i don't even know what it's called so i couldn't even tell you which song i'm talking about but just go to his spotify it's probably number one i think he did vocally i think he did great uh i think he was actually singing live which i respect the hell out of i think the mix was initially bad because i couldn't hear him at all but i think him or his producers or whatnot adjusted it and by like the midway point he was both sounding good and giving us timeless memes to use for a year which is if there's one thing a Super Bowl halftime show is responsible for, it's that. Looking at you, Left Shark. But I, I, the pageantry. 
I want to I want to dig into. What's your what's your weekend familiarity? First of all, I'm like vaguely familiar. Tactic is more of a weekend fan than I am. Like I don't dislike the weekend, but I'm not like out there hunting for his latest albums. You know, when I hear them come on a playlist, I'm like, ooh, this is right. catchy. But like I don't go seek it out. I do know there's something with like the the plastic surgery bandage the montage. Bandage yeah, yeah, the bandage thing. I do know where that comes from because Tactic actually did explain this to me. Apparently in some of his music videos, there's like a progression of a character and you follow this character through all of the singles off this album and it, it's all supposed to tell like a cohesive story. And in one of the videos, the character gets plastic surgery and looks drastically different than previous videos. So that is what that's in reference to. Well, There's a lot of masked people, which I mean, he, he, I'm, I'm for that. So he also, right. <laughs> maybe that, maybe that was his intent. He also accepted an award at like the VMAs or something. We're bastardizing pop music. I'm sure people listening to us right now are like, no, you idiots. Like it's this and that. It was the VMAs or the AMAs or something. He accepted an award wearing those face bandages. And it was like all part of this, like, it's it's, it's like a, not, not viral marketing, but it's it's like he's trying to increase awareness of this story that he's telling through multiple albums, which I understand. But if you want, if you're performing at the Super Bowl, this is your gateway to an enormous audience, a lot of whom, like myself, aren't all that familiar with you. Like, to me, The weekend, he can't feel his face when he's with me, of course. And, he, and I remember his old hair, which his old hair was like, it looked like someone took a mop and like, I don't know, did something to it and put it on top of his head. Do you remember his old hair? I honestly don't. Oh, man. You're gonna have to give that a Google. It, 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 it's like, it's not at all what you saw yesterday. It's like, flying all over the place uh i know that weekend i know the weekend that was in uncut gems which is a lot closer to this weekend but i don't know anything about the face mask thing so like he he's doing this whole face mask bit and it's very like it's interesting because he's doing like this kind of usually upbeat poppy music and there's these guys who look like mummies wearing suits kind of just dancing around all over the place but this is your gateway to a bunch of fans. And I don't think like weirding them out is what you want to do. <laughs> Catch their attention. Yes. But like I saw, I would see that and I would be like, this is, this must be for somebody else. Who's not me. I mean, I don't know. I think it was impressive in that. I think I read somewhere. He spent like 7 million of his own dollars, like personal money to yeah. make that show exactly what he envisioned including all of those dancers with all of those costumes and masks and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, from that standpoint, like if he's going to spend his own money and I feel like he's big enough where he doesn't necessarily need to draw people in, but you could be right. Yeah. The thing that got me and I understand from an artistic standpoint, what he was going for, but when he went in the maze and just started spinning around, I was like, okay, oh, the weekend, like, yeah. this is, this is a bop, but like I'm old now. And my TV is big and I'm sitting right up on my TV and I feel dizzy. So you can you please sickness. stop doing yeah. this? I, I, I think I literally, it must not have been you that I that I texted. I think it might have been, might have been my mom, who's a big football fan. I was like, man, I was really vibing with this until he gave me motion sickness. Because I was like, I was like, was it his plan to make me like disoriented and nauseous? Maybe it was. Maybe his plan was also to give us great memes because he gave us great memes. But I don't know. It, it, was, it was certainly good. It was... It was an upper crust halftime show, I would yeah, say, I in think, terms of performance. I don't think it was like my top tier, 
because there are some artists like I just remember being blown away by Jennifer Lopez. She was really good. And Shakira. Um, I feel like they did a really, really good job and they were like very high energy and they brought it. But there are also some really bad ones. And I feel like this was probably like you said, one of the upper crust performances. I thought it was pretty good. I feel like the I mean, at least the music has a pretty wide appeal. His music obviously does have a pretty wide appeal and it's very current. It's not like I feel like the Super Bowl halftime shows used to all be like semi washed up singers for a little bit there was like a, a run where they were like oh I, re- over the board. I remember you and not like your top tier top 40 singer so i feel like this is good yeah. this is a good decent performance they got madonna when she was like well past her prime I, yeah some of the weirder one i remember black eyed peas were still pretty hot at that point but their show was so weird i was like this is too weird for me i remember bruno mars was really good that's the one that oh, i yeah, was bruno mars was, really, he was good. really good everyone talks about prince being really good but that was like that was a long time ago i don't remember exactly when that was in any case yeah the weekend go check out i'm sure you could watch the show online right now if you wanted to if you didn't see it but we're gonna we're gonna now take a second and talk about two of the trailers i'm sure there were more than two trailers but the two that kind of jumped out at us as the biggest deals and kind of ones that stuck in our minds i i have strong thoughts about both of these i want to talk about falcon and the winter soldier first uh, and I want to kick things off, but first of all, pause the podcast and go watch the trailer if you haven't yet. Come back. I, I want this to be good very badly. It is not going to be good. That is my... You don't think so? I do not think it's going to be good. I want it to be. I don't think it's going... I don't think they can sell it. I love Anthony Mackie. I, I just... I have a bad feeling about it. It's It's a little bit hard to put my finger on what it is exactly. I feel like it's going to be a lot of shallow banter between the two of them which gets you to a certain point and then there's going to be no substance. I don't see. I don't mind that. And maybe it's just because I don't know. I just I don't mind that. I feel like this could be an interesting kind of like buddy cop show sort of deal. You know what I mean? I would be sure. here for that. Like, again, and we're talking about a service. Disney Plus is really struggling. And I think we notice it more when there's only one show that's pumping out content. So we noticed it with yeah. The Mandalorian because then we had to wait a week to really even have any reason to boot up Disney Plus. And the same thing is happening now with WandaVision, where I wish there was more because I watched the half hour-ish show. And I'm just like, yeah. oh, okay, well, buy Disney Plus for another week. So if they they can pull off like a buddy cop thing, I think it could be fun. Well, and I'm, you know, I'm glad you brought up WandaVision. And this is, I'm dipping into my, what are you up to a little bit? But I finally, I'm late to the party. I know you and Tactic have already been watching it. Uh, Hayes and I got to it this past week and because they're half an hour episodes we blasted through it in like two evenings I think and I have to say I I went into WandaVision thinking okay whatever like I don't really want to watch it but I don't have anything else to watch so I'll give it a try and it surprised me it's very good I think it's very good it's very interesting it's very engaging it's it Marvel's has managed to be different yet again which you don't think they're capable of doing uh, but they've they've really done it with WandaVision, whatever it is. It's hard to even say what it is yet. And we're five episodes in. That's kind of a testament to it. So that, you know, that gives me some hope that Falcon and Winter Soldier could be good. I just, I don't like, I don't like the supposition that one of them is going to become the new Captain America. I know that that's a comic book parallel. I don't care for it. I also really don't like what they've done to Winter Soldier. And I felt that way for a while. Winter Soldier his introduction movie which is of course captain america and the winter soldier is my favorite mcu movie and in that movie he is this dark uh, tragically misunderstood character 
who you know captain america eventually gets through to and they form kind of this tense bond that is occasionally a friendship occasionally an enmity and that carries into civil war of course and then and beyond and starting i guess it did start in civil war but him and falcon developed this this relationship that's used as as a comedic relief vehicle which is great in a movie like civil war and when it has the foil of captain america who's stone cold serious at all times without him i'm worried about its its depth like i said i want it to be good really bad i think it could have some really great action i think uh the villain who i believe is baron zemo looks super cool and i like just the premise the, they gave him one line in the trailer which is superheroes shouldn't exist it's a great premise for a villain uh we've seen it before but it's it doesn't mean it's not good so i want it to be a good show and i'm sure i'm gonna watch it because like you said disney plus has this not great cycle where okay you're gonna keep us around you know on your monthly billing cycle because we have this one show that you need to watch and you know this show will likely be that next one uh, it's probably it's probably going to pick up right when wandavision season one ends i would guess is what their plan is the thing that i'm really interested to see is do we know and maybe we do know this and i'm just ignorant here but do we know whether all of these shows have more than one season because that that's I, I my greatest fear is that and i guess fear is not the right word but i feel like we're going to get all of these shows where you get one season but because everything flows into each other and there's a continuity that they need that's all we're gonna get you know what i mean i feel like we're gonna be drip fed these single series single season series that's a tongue twister right there single season series um that just all kind of go one right into another into another but then we never get to revisit them and i feel like they're all gonna be see i feel like it's gonna be an innovative show because i feel like the entire their entire point of making these mcu series is is to try out different things that they can't possibly do and pull off in the two-hour runtime they have right so i feel like it's gonna inherently be somehow innovative just because that's what i've come to expect from the mcu and maybe it won't maybe it'll be super average and disappointing but 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 by the way vision was not so yeah wandavision is doing that in spades is what i was going to say in terms of trying things they couldn't do in a movie they're they're doing that as hard as they can (laughs) like uh you know with this whole every week is a different sitcom thing it's 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 super engaging and so i think my biggest fear is that i'm gonna really enjoy wandavision because i was just like kind of mediocre on the first few episodes until we started seeing where things fall into place i thought we'd just be get be getting like a drip fed oh drip fed is my word of the day uh drip fed a bunch of these like different era sitcom things that don't we don't really get a payoff until the end, but they've started giving us that payoff. Um, but I feel like I'm going to fall in love with this show and then Falcon and Winter Soldier will do something really cool. And then that's just going to be it for those shows. And then we're going to have to start all over with we're, another one. That's my biggest concern. We're definitely going to get a WandaVision season two. I'd be shocked if we didn't. The way the way the, the trajectory of the show right now, and I'm not saying WandaVision season two is going to look anything like season one. I would be surprised if that were the case, but I don't think they're going to kill the show i think well and again this is a huge chunk of my what am i up to but i i agree that it took a little a little while to warm up as a show uh but this last i'm not going to reveal what the big twist was at the end of the last episode but it blew my pants off in a, in a non-sexual way it blew my pants off and i'm looking forward to see what they what they do and what they continue to do with that show but i love jimmy woo i, I love jimmy I, I like the characters they're bringing in and I don't think they would bring those characters in to just have them, you know, flit away again and come up somewhere else. 
I know this but, is a little bit of a tangent from our news, and we're going down a little bit of a rabbit hole, but that's fine. Um, I guess Tactic must be the one that reigns us in normally. Apparently, but yeah. I saw somewhere on Twitter, or maybe it was on Reddit. I don't remember. Card thing? The card thing? No, someone <sighs> suggested a Jimmy Woo X Files style show, and oh, I'm yes, here for that. that like, yeah. that would be amazing. I would love that. Please do that. That's great. Jimmy Woo is. So, so when I, I mentioned the card thing, so this is a deep cut, but when he first shows up in WandaVision, he's meeting some, with someone and he introduces himself like Jimmy Woo FBI and he, he, t- he puts up his hand and it looks like it's empty and then he like does a little like card trick thing where the card kind of just pops into his hand. And if you've seen Ant-Man and the Wasp, you'll, it's, it's an in-joke. Like Marvel's so good with this stuff. This is why Marvel is what it is, is jimmy woo shows up in ant-man and the wasp and he's like keeping track of of paul rudd making sure he's staying on house arrest and he shows up to check on paul rudd at one point and paul rudd is so bored on house arrest that he's learned close-up magic and he shows jimmy woo a bunch of card tricks really fast and jimmy woo's like blown away he's like how did you do this and so later on in the movie you see him in his office someone like walks in to check to like check something fbi related and it shows Jimmy Woo like on a close-up card magic website trying to learn the trick that Paul Rudd was doing. And then when they show, he shows up in WandaVision and you can see that he does the trick with his business card. And it's like such, it's this great moment where you're like, oh yes, he figured it out. And it, like, it's little things like that that they put in for continued fans of the MCU that make me think they're going to take over the world. So anyways, Falcon and Winter Soldier, go watch the trailer. Maybe Jimmy Woo will show up in that too. <laughs> I don't know where he ties in, but can Jimmy um, Woo just be everywhere, please? A Jimmy Woo X Files would be a, a, like a Marvel X Files would be a powerhouse, right? It, I, I would be surprised if Marvel wasn't ahead of us on this one. It's a great idea. It's too good to leave alone, but they probably were like, "Yeah, idiots. We already figured that out. It's coming in 2022. I'm sure they're going to reveal it, you know, tomorrow." But we, I want to talk about this M Night movie too before we go to the break. Because, the, look, I like M. Night Shyamalan. Unbreakable is one of my favorite movies ever. It, it's probably in my top 10 all-time movies. I liked Signs a lot. I liked The Sixth Sense. You know, his his classics. I saw this trailer and I laughed. I was, I was laughing the whole time. And, like, it, a part of it, I think, a big part of it. Okay. This is based on a graphic novel called Sandcastle, which is a great title. You know what a bad title is? old old <laughs> hey want to go see wait what do you, you want to go see at the movies this weekend i don't know old <laughs> just like no come on like that's what they came up with like it just it well, looks like it's a ridiculous premise it's, it's too interesting on the i guess it's too on the nose not on the news um like the the premise of the, the movie is basically they go to this beach and it all makes them age super fast so of course the best most innovative title for this movie must be old right right it's just like it that i guess frustrates me as a like occasionally creative person i was like you couldn't figure something else out i will say like it's unsettling the premise like the part I, it was a great move by them to put in the trailer that like this girl is a girl and then next second she's she's pregnant i was like that's scary that's a that's a scary thing movie she's one second she's 10 years old the next second she's got a big stomach the next second you see her holding the baby it's interesting, but I just, I, I, I don't know. I'm scared with him lately. I'm scared with M. Night. I feel uh, like it could be decent. He's still capable of great things, by the way. Split yeah. was good. 
Um, I thought Glass was good. Other people didn't. I, I thought Glass was good. I mean, he had that Apple Plus show that was just okay, I think. I have actually Hayes and I that's like on our it's vaguely on our watch list but we're both like like kind of eh because like it's one of those things we so like I don't know my Apple Plus subscription that I got for free with my phone they keep extending it for free and now I have it until July so occasionally we'll go in there and be like let's see what's new because a lot of the Apple Plus original series have been really really good but Mm -hmm. for some reason there's something about that and I'm just like, I don't really want to watch it. I don't know what it is. I just serve it. You I've have heard to be in the mood. I've heard decent things. Like I think it's got let me look, look this up really quick. It's got like an eighty four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got Ron Weasley in it. Yeah. I feel like I should be intrigued, but there's something about it where I'm just not. It's just like it, it it's not that I'm not intrigued, because I kind of am, but like it's like, okay, I've had a long day at work. I want to sit down on the couch, you know maybe with a beverage of choice and, and re- relax and watch a television show. And it's like, all right, what about a, a creepy baby doll? that's not actually a baby and, and it's not alive, but the mom acts like it is. And also this is a horror film series somehow. And also there's this like nanny that people don't really understand. It's and one just of those like, things, it, it, it's, it's depressing. It's, it's kind of like, I don't know. Did you ever get into American horror story? Because I feel like that was my same thought process. Like I always heard really great things and that it was a great show and super innovative. And I don't discount that at all. But basically to your point, at the end of a long day, and maybe it's just me lately, but I feel like American Horror Story has also been on for a really long time. So maybe it's me in the last decade. But like I want to, I don't want to watch something like that. Even my dramas, I don't want it to be super creepy. I just want it to be like a drama. You know what I mean? I don't want to get into like supernatural stuff really. The Walking Dead really did a number on me, I think, for that because it like ate up all of my supernatural-ish type thing. And like superheroes as far as I'll go now these days. Well, I've watched horror shows and like them and like i watched uh castle rock i liked castle rock like there, there have been a few stephen king related shows i've watched and enjoyed you know but i think another example of a horror show that does it right and makes me want to show up is stranger things and maybe you wouldn't call stranger things a horror show but like it's like it's like a horror show with like pizzazz and like a sense of fun yeah, it's, like, it's more fun than it is horror because yeah. I put off watching that show for the longest time because you guys know by now I don't like scary things. Yeah. And even I liked it. So it wasn't that scary. But even Walking Dead, like Walking Dead, it's hard to call it fun. But like it's zombies and like it's it's a little fun. People die, but mm-hmm. it's a little fun. Whereas like servants like, OK, we're very purposely not going to have any fun. <laughs> show up if you want to it's going to be weird. And I'm like, no, I'll watch friends. On <laughs> Max. Like I'm, that's, that's, that's more my speed right now. Um, so I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see with old, uh, like I said, based on a graphic novel, I did not know that until number told me right before we started recording this, but presumably M night like took that story and was like, yeah, but this part where there's no twist, yeah, let's twist this up a notch. We'll see. That's what he's known for. Maybe, maybe, the twist will be that there's no twist. He's thrown some softballs lately, but he's also still capable of some fast pitches. So, Do you think he's playing the long game this entire time where he's like, I'm going to put a twist in all of my stuff. And then 20, 30 years from now, down the road, I'm going to do one thing 
where there's no twist. There's no twist. And that will be the ultimate twist. (laughs) That, you know, I hope he's planning that because what a great twist. Oh my God. That would be incredible. Uh, Go check out the trailer for for Old and for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Check out the weekend's halftime show if you want. I don't know. That's do it at your own discretion, I suppose. And uh, let us know on Twitter uh, what you thought of the Super Bowl. Did your team win? Did your team lose? Did you not care like me? Did you turn it off? Did you not watch it all? Uh, let us know at OWLU86, at Online Warriors 1, at OW Nerd Bomber. We are here to take your calls. I, I We're not taking calls, but you, you get my point. Uh, we are going to head to the break now and shout out our sponsor. But before we do, of course... We would be remiss if we did not shout out our two Patreon producers, Mr. Ben Checkness and Mr. Stephen Keller. We got two names. I got two names to, to list off this week. That's a big deal for the show. Thanks to both of you, to both of our nights. We're building ourselves a, a little round table here. Maybe, do we, do we want to go round table or is that played out? Do we want to go with like a, like a hexagonal table? So there's only six spots and you have to like, like first come first serve situation. I don't know. I feel like the round table is so traditional and I know we're like really on the nose with all of our night stuff, but I, I, I'm digging it, you know, big fan of fantasy and all that fun, like sword in the stone Merlin type stuff. So I'm here for it. Well, whatever the shape of the table is, Ben and Steven, you both have seats at it as our knights uh, and as our Patreon producers. So as I mentioned, they are Patreon producers. They support us at the night level. And as a result, they get this weekly shout out on the show they get access into our weekly game segment uh and they also of course get access to our monthly secret segment and vlog and uh we also have a squire level of support which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog and of course there is the lowly page who gets access to the monthly secret segment so for more details on that and on how to support the show give back to the show you can head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast we want to thank ben and steven again their support makes this show happen and uh you could help make this show happen too by heading over to patreon thanks again to them and we will be right back after a message from kind bars today's episode is brought to you by kind bar so my personal connection to kind bar i'm not just reading an ad script here guys this is i have a personal connection which is we have a family-sized box of dark chocolate cherry cashew kind bars in our house uh i'll be honest i don't eat them that often uh but my girlfriend eats them every single day and we have a family-sized box and we're only two people so what does that say about the quality and repeated good taste of kind bars Kind is deeply committed to crafting food with real, recognizable ingredients, a disruptive notion that sparked the creation of a new healthy snacking category. Kind is also unapologetic in their efforts to challenge the status quo to shift the food industry and empower their community and our listeners to make better, more informed choices about health. Kindness can be transformative force for good, and that is why we are teaming up with Kind and Podgo to bring our listeners 10% or 15% off for military, teachers, students, first responders, doctors, and nurses. Go to podgo.co slash kind. That's P-O-D-G-O dot C-O slash kind for more of the details. Kind Bar, creating a kinder and healthier world. One act, one snack at a time. Okay, so now we're going to shift into the gaming news segment of the show. Uh, and I'm going to start off with this with this EA news. 
which is mostly an excuse for me to talk about how much I don't understand and honestly kind of dislike mobile gaming. <laughs> I mean, I we'll talk about it, but let's start with the news first. Uh, EA has acquired Glue Mobile. Again, we got to talk about these these company names, these movie names. I'm not a big fan of that, but uh, this company is known for a number of heavy hitting franchises. Diner Dash, uh, Disney Sorcerer's Arena, WWE Universe, Tap Sports Baseball 20, and of course, Kim Kardashian Hollywood, which I don't know what that game entails. What do you do in Kim Kardashian Hollywood? I feel like, and I've never played this, so don't judge me. I don't judge people who would play this, but I've heard that you basically just like live a day in the life as Kim Kardashian or one of her friends slash posse. I want to live the glam life. I'm judging people who play this. I, I, you don't you don't, might not want to go out on that limb i will go all the way out on it i will the limb can crack i will fall i i won't care i'll be laughing the whole time down i kim kardashian hollywood really there are better games out there i think it's um, one of the top selling games if you look at like microtransactions and how much money they rake in like it is one of the top grossing mobile games out there well if that's true then i just alienated a bunch of potential <laughs> listeners i'm not sorry about it uh Anyways, the news. Uh, EA is acquiring game studio Glue Mobile for $2.1 billion. This is one of the largest acquisitions in gaming ever. We, of course, talked recently about Microsoft acquiring uh, Bethesda and a number of other companies. Bethesda is actually part of a conglomerate, ZeniMax Media, which is the parent company to Bethesda, ID Software, Arcane, a bunch of those. Uh, we talked about that in 2020. That was $7.5 billion, so obviously quite a bit more. But this still ranks, you know top 10 or thereabouts maybe even top six seven in terms of biggest gaming acquisitions so it's a big deal and it's it's a repeated move of ea's uh to develop the, a mobile gaming business this is not their first foray into it as far as my understanding uh goes they defeated take two interactive to acquire dirt developer Codemasters in january so they're kind of scooping up game studios right now and uh yeah i, I I don't understand mobile gaming. Like I've played Candy Crush on my phone. I had a phase with that. Uh, I had a phase in college with 2048, which you were a part of. Oh, Doge 2048, which is probably if, if 2048 was having its heyday right now, Doge 2048 would be like right up there with the whole Dogecoin hype. We were ahead of our times. Well, you know, we probably were. Um, we're, we're constantly innovating here at online Warriors podcast. But, But my point is like, I, I have a Euchre app on my phone. I have a chess app on my phone. I feel like those don't count because they don't have like, they're not, they, look, any dope can play chess on their phone. Like Candy Crush, I was in on the mobile gaming zeitgeist for a while, but that was a very short span and I uninstalled it at some point because I was like, I never play this. See, okay. I, I'm, I'm really torn here. Dissenting opinion. It sounds like it's coming. I don't look down on mobile gaming like a lot of people do. And I've had my fair share of mobile gaming addictions. I was really into uh, Clash of Clans, which was also poorly hyphenated to cock for a while. I was like super into it because, I mean, there were a bunch of us who were playing it. Uh, Doge 2048 was really big, like Words with Friends. Did you actually call Clash of Clans cock? Oh, yeah, it was it was a very it was like one of those things where everyone was doing it and i was just like well everyone knows what i'm talking about (laughs) you succumb to the peer pressure words with friends that's a good point i played the crap out of words with friends but again that does that count that's it's it's scrabble right but like 
kind of it still does and then i'm trying to think there were other games there was actually oh i actually spent money on this game which was bad i usually have a rule where i don't spend money on games you you told me you made me download a game this was like last year i think two years ago you made me download some card game and it actually was pretty good i played it a couple times oh yeah i don't remember what it was called but it's there's actually a physical version of that deck building game and they basically just made it a digital version so that you can play on the go it's not star realms is it it is it is star realms thank you i couldn't remember i was Um, like i know it's spaceships i don't remember the name you also i'm not to out you here you also made me download uh it was like a fallout fallout, <laughs> fallout shelter, shelter was so good uh, yeah i had i was addicted were, to that you too. were in that Dick one, and i were you. both like really addicted to fallout shelter to the point where like we weren't getting sleep because we were just laying in bed playing fallout shelter um yeah. even there was a hockey team manager game which i was really into and that's the one i spent money on where you would actually like draft players and you basically acted as a gm and you didn't play at all but then you would actually like watch you know how in like madden and stuff you can sim games and not actually play yeah. but you get like the like the play-by-play you know so you paid money to not <laughs> okay I, I, what i'm hearing is that you're a poster child for mobile gaming is that, the, a, is that, that was unfair? the that was actually the only game i've ever paid money for and i wanted so you had like draft capital right and it basically played like madden ultimate team in or in madden i was gonna say or like nhl hut but it was you didn't actually like play the game then you just managed the team and i wanted to open packs so i spent real money to open packs for this hey, game and it, you, you do you gotta do you you know you know um, it's fun like these games they're addictive. And I think we're also seeing the turn of mobile gaming in general. I don't think it's not, I don't think it's stupid for EA to want to get back into the mobile gaming realm, especially oh, now yeah. that like you look at xCloud that has mobile gaming on the go. I mean, I feel like it's just going to get more and more popular, especially when you think of how impressive these devices are. Tactic got a Samsung S21, which I think is that the newest Samsung? I don't know. I'm an Apple person. But like Likewise. the the screen size and graphical capabilities and the processing power of that thing are just like mind-blowing. I mean, so, heck, so you're, I play you're Among saying, Us on my phone. Yeah, so you're saying that eventually phones are going to reach the point where they can play games like consoles can and companies like EA are trying to get in on the ground floor by scooping up developers who are aware of the architecture and and the challenges yeah i mean i don't think we'll ever see it rival console gaming i think console and pc gaming is just still too difficult i know they have all of those controllers you can snap your phone into but it's still it's not like the optimal place to play but i think there's a lot to be said i mean look at all of these mobile games and all of the microtransactions they make a lot of money and if if there's if there's one thing we know it's that ea likes microtransactions like i look i don't want to paint this as like hitler shaking hands with satan but sure feels that way to me (laughs) like in the few times that i have played mobile games the most annoying thing on earth is when there's pop-up ads or microtransactions or whatever and i feel like ea in as much as i want to believe they're trying to capitalize on a growing and rising force in the gaming industry i also think they probably saw that there's a very a lot of very easy ways to you know, get microtransactions going in this medium. And they were like, yes, that is, that's our business model. That's who we are. <laughs> this and, is our perfect fit. And I hope I'm wrong. Um, but that's my read on this, on this situation. You know, people are going to go to play Kim Kardashian Hollywood 
and if and and if they want to you know drive kim's car to the mall or I, I like i don't know what this game is but maybe now ea is going to be like all right to unlock kim's car you gotta pay us five big ones that's the end game i think i hope i'm wrong drive kim's car it, can kim kardashian drive i have no idea <laughs> i know nothing the, what i picture this game is do you remember back in like the 90s and this is gonna date us and anybody who wasn't around for the, the 90s that. social media craze we talked about beethoven for like 20 minutes <laughs> first half of the episode do you remember that <laughs> <laughs> do you remember they were basically little people that you could dress up and they they look like dolls or something Polly pockets no 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 this is like a digital thing and you would put them on your myspace I don't know if you remember this, but you could like pick their hats. Maybe it was more of like a female thing, so you you didn't ride that train. But I like, didn't have a MySpace. That I think that yeah. might be the main issue. Yeah, that's probably it. It was big on MySpace. Well, in any case, uh, EA has acquired <laughs> Glue Mobile, uh, so there are big things coming in the EA mobile sphere. So be right, be on the lookout for that. Other gaming news, as sad as it is. Prince of Persia Sands of Time, which I've never, we talked about this, I think last year when this was first announced. I have never played this game. I remember you and I think Tectic in particular were over the moon excited about this. Um, So how are you doing right now with, with the news that it has been delayed indefinitely? Look, I'm actually okay with this. So I'm, I was excited about this and the potential to get to play this. However, I think one of my criticisms of the trailer that they showed us was the the graphics are just so lackluster, especially when you consider now that like the quote unquote next gen is current gen. Like I know they they were planning to release it on PS4 and Xbox One, but like a lot of people now are starting to transition into next gen or at least expect right. that that type of graphics. And what we saw in that original trailer looked like something from the xbox 360 era of games and if that means they're going back and they're because there was a lot of user feedback too of people who viewed these videos and after we talked about it i think i went and hunted it down and i think the graphics were a big sticking point for a lot of people just because it looked really really old and if you're going to pay for a remaster or remake you want it to kind of look like a remaster you know what i mean yeah if you're going to remaster it you know remaster it all the way so if they're going back and they're kind of overhauling the graphics and giving us the remaster treatment of this game that we deserve and that people want, I think this is not a bad thing. I'm always one of those people where I never fault a game for getting delayed. I think after I survived the Kingdom Hearts 3 wait of pretty much half my life, yeah, I think say. something like this, I'm just like, you know what, as long as they can do it right and like that's the final product, I'm fine with this. We've talked about this, you know, not just with remasters and remakes, but like I, I know when Cyberpunk was pushed back, we had this conversation and it's we, unfortunately we've had to have this conversation a lot in the past year because of the pandemic. You know, of course, a lot of the difficulties probably stem from that and the logistical headaches that it causes. But I don't know. I, f- for me, you know, I'm inclined to imagine a remaster that's been rumored for years that I care much more about, which is the Metroid franchise and like nintendo hasn't even thrown a bone out yet of like when that's coming because they don't really do things that way but if they did and then like they said it's coming in like may and then in may they were like eh we need we're working on it we'll give it to you in august i would give them that three months and then after that i'd be like okay where is it <laughs> so like it's and i and actually the reason i mentioned that is that prince of persia has been this is now its second time being delayed 
So they delayed it. It was originally slated for January. They delayed it to March and now they delayed it again. There's probably a tipping point to kind of, kind of give a dissenting opinion to yours, which is take as long as you need. My opinion is when you announce it, be ready to announce it. And it sounds like maybe the developers here weren't. I mean, that is a fair point. That's probably why Nintendo hasn't announced Metroid yet, because we know they've had all kinds of issues with their studios, and they're they're going to announce it when they're good and ready. They tend to announce games, and they'll be like, all right, it's coming out tomorrow. Go get it. It's like, Jesus. So, One of the things, and I was really excited about the game Biomutant, and I don't think we got a chance to talk about this news headline, and I don't really want to delve into it too much, but they basically announced that it finally has a release date, and they showed it off like a long time ago, and there was radio silence. But then everyone kind of forgot about it. But they explained that the reason they went radio silent is because they wanted people to kind of forget about it a little bit so that they right. could take the time they need to get it right. And right. I think that is the way. Like, one of the my pet peeves is that, yeah, they announce stuff way, 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 way too early. Like, they give us a completely CGI, not game engine specific clip for most of these games. And then they're like, okay, coming soon. But that's it and i feel like they the video game industry pr departments just like to announce things so early and i think it's that's not good in large part nintendo does it right i I stand by that i mean i i I think it's like like a surprise drop and you get super hype and then you buy it yeah there's probably i wouldn't i shouldn't say probably but there might be a better balance of like you want to build hype for a certain amount of time but if it's more than a year you've 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 taken a wrong step somewhere is is my opinion whereas nintendo like i think they announced bowser's fury like we talked about it on the podcast this was like three this was sometime in 2021 they announced this and it's like probably out already and that's the way you should do it in my opinion that's why i haven't heard anything about metroid yet and i'm sure when i hear something about it they'll be like okay it'll be out next month and i'll be like yes here's my money but hey i mean i wish all the best to the prince of persia developers I hope they get the issues sorted out because, you know, at the end of the day, they're kind of a special case in that they were responding directly to people's people's feedback, seeing the initial video of the reveal. They might have put that reveal out and said, this is great. You know, we'll have it out in six months. And then people responded saying, hey, what the heck? This looks like it was made on a potato. And they're like, oh, geez. And they (laughs) had to like, you know, restructure things, go back. And, you know, to an extent, there's no shame in that. So hoping for the best for all the Prince of Persia fans on that it's time for for what we've been up to i i kind of kind of gave things away here with this the wandavision update was my really my big update i've moved on from tony hawk i reached here's the thing about pro skater did you guys beat it i did tactic played some of the stuff but whenever Did did you gold everything Oh, oh no my god no i don't have the patience for that i didn't even have the patience for that as a kid as much as i, I love the game it's just like at a certain point i don't like the grind i got every single no pun I intended did, i love I did, the grind i did all the park goals every single one all did the you really floors, i did it took some time but i i enjoyed it the competition parks where you have to where you get medals i do not enjoy those because they are so freaking hard okay that <laughs> they are insane I have a really bad trick. Um, you just manual a lot. Oh if no, that, you, that's that's how you win the game. That I'm way. That's, how do you think I got the six scores? That's the only way you can get six scores is get huge combos from just manualing always. That's like <laughs> once you figure out how to do that, the entire game changes for you forever. 
Uh, so we might have just changed someone's life. Um, always manual, always revert after doing lip tricks. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the two secrets to, to the game, basically. Um, and, uh, you know, after a lot of work, I was able to get all the six scores and get all, all the high scores everywhere. But I still, for all of that work, still can't get more than silvers on the competition parks. And I finally reached a point where I was like, this isn't fun anymore. And that's okay. I'm going to move on. See, I think I golded because there was a certain point where I was able to do manuals for like two minutes past like the, the call time Did you, for the yeah, end of you, your run. You probably filled out your uh, your stats. I filled out all my stats. So mm-hmm. I, I have perfect balance on like everything. I still screw things up though because I fly too close to the sun. You're doing you're doing a trick that has like 18 moves on it, and then you and you beef. You're like, why am I here? Why am I on this earth? There's actually, oh man, this is old, and I forgot that we did this until we were talking about this. There's a video on our YouTube where Tactic and I were doing. Is it Snake? The the one we called a cow back in the day when we were playing basketball, but uh, like horse, horse. Oh Thank you. Yeah, 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 horse. And. I don't know why I was thinking snake and cow. <laughs> I snake don't know. Is animals. Snake is a different game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we were, we were doing that. And there's so many times in that video where I just get too cocky and I fly too close to the sun and I mess up like this really nice million point combo just because I got too, too cocky, man. Yeah. It's, I will say, and we sh- I, I don't want to talk about this forever because I've moved on I'm now playing I went back to the Super Nintendo and I'm playing Super Metroid, which is great, but it's a totally different experience. Not a whole lot to talk about there, but Downhill Jam on Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1. Hate that level. Oh, that's the worst. It's the absolute worst. Like, whoever came up with that level is is sick. Stupid. It's just a, just a horrible person. It took... that was the I think that was the last one I to get the, the sick score on. It took me ages. It took me ages to get the secret tape on that level. I, I usually love getting the secret tape. It's an absolute thrill for me. That was like homework. Hated it. Uh, love the game, though. <laughs> I, I should say it. The remaster is incredible. Uh, well worth every penny. Uh, so if you're on the fence about that, go out, go out and get it. But yeah, besides that in WandaVision, that's that's the bulk of my, uh, my update. Watched the Super Bowl. Had a bad time. But what else is new? Womp womp. I should use the soundboard. The I was Super say, Bowl don't just we, like don't, the Super don't Bowl we, gives me a downer. Don't we literally have a sad trombone trombone like? Oh, that's not the right one. <laughs> <laughs> so you badum chushed my pain. <laughs> yep. All right, well, what what do you what do you have for the group this week? What do you have to share? Show and tell. Uh, honestly, haven't done too too much lot going on, but we did watch Palmer, which is. The Apple Plus original movie. Okay, that, you watch Palmer. I want to talk yeah. about this. Uh, it has Justin Timberlake in it. Essentially, um, for those of you who haven't watched it or don't know anything about the movie, Justin Timberlake's character gets out of jail and then goes to live with his grandmother in this small town. And his neighbor, who is a kind of absentee drug addict mother, um, her child kind of globs on to him and his grandmother and stays with them while his mother kind of disappears for a while. And it, it's basically a movie about Justin Timberlake's character Palmer and his relationship with this kid and how they kind of form a father-son bond, even though they're very different types of people. And yet they still find that closeness together. Was it, was it good? Is, 
because because i i wanted to watch it and i showed it to Hayes, and she's like too sad and i was like that's fair so we didn't watch it it was um, entirely sad it was yeah it was so it was a very emotional movie how could it not be right i thought it was actually pretty good like i wouldn't go out and say that it was the best movie of the year but from an emotional movie and from the message of the movie and everything i found myself really enjoying it i'm not a i'm not a jt like stan or whatever i hate using that word uh but i will say i'm glad he's i'm glad he's on screen again i think i think he's a very good actor he really is like like you said i'm not like the biggest justin timberlake fan in the world um i don't dislike him by any means but i'm not his biggest fan and i thought he was able to portray this character very well the acting felt super authentic both him and the young actor playing the boy in the movie who i should know the actor's name i don't have it in front of me um but i thought the acting was pretty stellar because most of the movie really focuses on those two characters and everyone else like there are a few other tertiary characters but it really is about their relationship and i think it was super well acted it felt really authentic i think it was a pretty important movie for people to watch and writer allen thank you and i definitely I don't know what I was expecting going into it, but I enjoyed it because like we kind of went in blind because it was like, oh, look, a new movie, Justin Timberlake's in it. We don't really know much about it. Flew blind. Most of the Apple Plus stuff that we've watched lately has been pretty good. So we were really confident that at least it would be entertaining. And it was it was a pretty touching movie. So definitely I, uh, recommend. I watched the movie, too. I didn't mention it. Um, the Little Things on HBO Max. Oh, how was that? It was exceedingly average. Really? I went in, my expectations were way too high going in. I was looking for like the Denzel of yore. Uh, he was, he was good. But in terms of like the overall movie, it just, it was, it was good, but it was exactly what you expect, which I, you know. See, we were, we were actually trying to decide whether we wanted to watch that movie or Palmer and we went with Palmer instead. It's, it's, it's worth watching probably, but you, you, you just watch it. It's mm-hmm. it's worth the performances make it worthwhile, uh, I'll I'll say that much. But yeah, good to know. Streaming, streaming movies that's that's what everyone's doing these days. It's what we're doing. So go check some of those out if you have HBO Max or Apple TV Plus. I got a quiz for you, and this is look you're you're just playing against yourself. You're just trying to be the best the best version of you that you can be. You know, I can do this. The topic brought to us this week by our Patreon producers, Game Boy games. Now, I did not own an original Game Boy. Look, I'm, I'm old, but I'm not that old. Um, I, I only had, it started with the color, then I had the Advance, and then like the Advance SP, yeah. and then I tapped out. I think the SP might have been the last one, though. I never got into the original DS. So We, we did have the, uh, the, so it was the Game Boy, and then the Game Boy Pocket, then the color, then the Advance, then the SP. We had the Pockets. We got in one console generation before you did in our family but uh the questions i have in front of me today i took the term game boy games very literally there's no advance no advance sp no ds none of that this is not even the game boy pocket this is literally the first game boy when it came out uh i'm going to be talking about the games for that console specifically and of course we're going to start with a question that you probably saw coming uh the best-selling game boy game of all time uh is tetris how many tetris how many units did it sell? These are all prices, right? Questions, by the way. Um, I have six in front of me. So we're going to say that if you get, uh, if you get three or more, correct, I'll give you the win. What constitutes as correct? 
Oh man, that's a good question because we're not. I didn't think ahead. Do I have to be like within a percentage? Potentially, we're gonna say, we're gonna say you have to be within. Oh man, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't think ahead on this. Uh, we're gonna say you have to be within twenty percent. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna say forty million copies of Tetris were sold. Okay, you're well within twenty percent on that one. Thirty-five million. Actually, in excess of 35 million units worldwide. 35 units is just 35 million units is just what's written down. I'm not going to tell you when this game came out because, well, the next question is, when was the first Game Boy released? I'm going to give you a plus minus of five years here. No, a plus minus of three years. I'm not that nice. I feel like it was 1985. April 1989. That's a black mark on your record. You were very close. Darn it. I was so close. I took away your five and went down to three and it, it, <laughs> it, it got you good. Bit me. Um, okay. Back, back again to... Uh, since you did so well on the first question, I'm going to say you have to be within 10% here. How many games were released in total oh for the original Game Just Boy? the original. Just the original Game Boy. Um, I'm going to say 150 because then I feel like the Game Boy Pocket came out shortly thereafter and then the color and then they they started making exclusive games for that. So I'm going to say 150 plus it's like the number of Pokemon. So maybe I can catch them all. 1,046. So oh, it, so not I, even close. Not even I could, close. I could have given you 100% <laughs> and you almost still wouldn't have gotten it. I don't know why, but I thought the iteration between the original Game Boy and like Game Boy Pocket and Color was really short, but um, clearly not. Well, so, so this should help you. Uh, the next question is, when was the Game Boy discontinued? Now, bear in mind, there were 1,046 games. I'm going to give you plus minus five years because you're struggling. And I want this to be interesting. <laughs> I feel like maybe they still were selling them then when the Game Boy Pocket and Color were a thing. So, I mean, oh, the original Pokemon, I think, when did that come out? It was like 94, maybe 95. I don't remember. Well, okay, 25 years of Pokemon. I should be able to back calculate. I don't know. Uh, 1995. 2003. <laughs> no way. Yeah, way. 2003. No way. The Game Boy Color was released in 1998, and they apparently had an overlap of about five years. You're kidding um, me. 2003 is when it was discontinued. Some people were still playing Game Boys, original Game Boys in 2003. So, uh, look, those are your three misses. You now have to get both of these correct uh, to win the game. Um, these last two questions, uh, I had a list in front of me. I want to say it was from Game Rant. Uh, of basically the the 10 rarest Game Boy games of all time. And uh, in particular, how much they cost. Um, and the last question is about uh, the actual rarest one and how much it costs. But uh, the first question I want to ask before that is actually about number 10, which I thought was particularly interesting because it's not a game. Uh, it is the King James Bible. Did they Game Boy fight that? You can buy the King James Bible for use on the Game Boy. How much would you have to pay these days uh, for a brand new copy of the King James Bible on the Nintendo Game Boy, which bear in mind is now discontinued? I'm going to give you 30%. I'm going to give you 50% on this because I want want you to go into this last question with some hope. So plus or minus 50%. 
I feel like... You could still be totally wrong, too. So, like, okay. I have multiple factors going into this. I know, like, original Game Boy games, just from when I went to the Retro Game Con, are relatively expensive. But a lot of them aren't in, like, the thousands. We're talking more like the hundreds. And then, also, there's an element of, like, who actually wants them and, like, who is trying to read the King James Bible on the teeny tiny Game Boy screen. It can't even be, it can't even be good. I mean, other than... I don't even know who was trying to do that at the beginning. Right. Like, I feel like it, was it this rare? I don't know. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this isn't that valuable because... It's just strange in that I don't know how useful it would be. And most people, like other than a collector's thing, I feel like there's not a lot of demand. I'm going to say maybe 200 bucks. Okay, you're well within. That, that was a very good guess. $262. Really? Um, so you're, you were right in there. I don't want to do the math. Was, but Would you say I was right on the money? You well no you'd have been right on the money if you had guessed two hundred sixty two dollars. Well, I was close. I was close. <laughs> <laughs> you were close on the money. Um, so we're gonna move into the final question with a chance for you to win it all, and by all I mean not really anything. Uh, but we're gonna keep going with this uh, this list. Uh, bear in mind I'm moving from number ten now to number one on the rarest Game Boy games of all time, and I want to read you a little blurb about this one. Uh, this game is called Spud's Adventure. It's Please tell rarest. me it's about a potato. It is about a potato. Yes. Uh, this game features a cast of vegetables and the player controls Spud, a potato that is tasked with saving Princess Motto. So this is uh, basically generic veggie tales. Love how, it. Well, I'm going to keep reading. However, this is no Super Mario-like quest. Spud must traverse through a world viewed from the top down in a variety of environments like urban brickscapes, beaches, and caves with strange orbs everywhere. To defeat foes, players must blast them with a simple potato gun while guarding their hearts I love that. by dodging enemy attacks. Um, if you want to pick up a new and complete copy of Spud's Adventure for the Game Boy, how much are you paying? According to Game Rant, the rarest Game Boy game that exists. Hmm. I'll give you I'll give you a plus I'll give you fifty fifty percent again. I would probably pay five grand for Spud's adventure if I could play it. Boy, I gotta get out my calculator here. Very close. I think you got it. Since I gave you a very generous uh fifty percent, you did manage to fall within uh, Did I? The plus minus is 35, it more thirty five hundred dollars. Oh, it's less. It's less. I thought uh, I was like undercutting it. I, I I was like concerned it would be when you said fifty percent. I was like, okay, well, I could see this easily being like ten grand because Spud, you know. Potatoes. I will say, I'm. I would think it would have been more. Um, but you, I tell you what, you nailed it. You pulled off a win. Uh, so you'll be hosting next week. Uh, I am gonna mark this down as a, as a victory in the uh, the overall sheet for the year uh let's see if i can scroll down and find this that puts your record at two and one you now have a winning record look at me go uh i'm still two and oh with two perfect games so i'm still really good <laughs> uh tactic at sitting at sitting at one and three right now there's some work to do on that but we'll have to like normalize for the games played like it would, it'll have to be like yeah. a win percentage or something like that well my win percentage is currently 100 that's true <laughs> um so yeah well uh, we will see uh there is no telling right now to be perfectly honest if we'll be back at full full fighting strength next week but either way we ought to be here in some form to talk at you about all things nerd news and pop culture uh and about our various goings on 
And uh, we've had a, a real pleasure chatting with all of you today. Thank you all for joining us. And uh, again, reach out to us on Twitter if you want to chat more about any and all of the things we talked about today. Go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you like what you heard or if you didn't. And uh, head over to Patreon if you want to get back to the show if you liked what you heard. Thanks again to Ben and Steven for producing this episode. And uh, thanks to my lovely co-host. There was no lady in the tramp spaghetti situation, but <laughs> I, I think we're all better for it. Yeah, I would agree. So uh, we'll see you all next week. Have a good one.